Good morning. This morning I'm singing an African-American spiritual, and it's arranged by Harry Burley, who is very well known for his fantastic arrangements. This is called, I Know the Lord Has Laid His Hands on Me in the Thoughts of Healing and Health. So here we go. It's a little less known than other one. May we affirm our faith with joy and a willing spirit as we hear today's scripture. Our reading is from 1 Corinthians 6, verses 19 and 20. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, which you have from God, and that you are not your own? For you were bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body. This is God's word to God's people.
So we continue with our sermon series on uh, our biblical understanding of, of life abundant, how we can be the best that we can be. We talked as we started this how important vision is to this whole process of living fully into who God would have us be. We need to have a sense of what that looks like, um, grab hold of that vision that God gives us as to how we should be so that we can go after it, so that we can set a course that reaches the goal of becoming that, so that we know the direction that we are to take. So with that in mind, as you, as you get a sense of who you feel God is calling you to be, 
we're now taking, uh, taking some uh, looks at some resources uh, that help support us to get to that vision. Uh, the first of these was our spirituality, our God connection, the summonsing of our soul force to help propel us towards that vision. Rachel spent some time last week talking about the importance of learning, of exercising and stretching our minds uh, to grow so that the work that we do is informed and contemporary and is effective towards getting us towards our vision. And today we're going to talk about a third resource. We're going to talk about health. Our bodies are, I guess you could say, our most basic resource to help us to get into our future, because without actually living in our bodies, it might be very hard to get to the next week or the next month. So what seems obvious is important to take notice of. And a weak or infirmed body makes it that much harder to succeed in reaching our vision. Some of us have illnesses, some of us have uh, certain conditions, and, and we know that those um, present challenges of, of living fully into health and vitality. And we, we learn our way of negotiating those things and of trying to, to make the best of those things. And we know that the more we do things that can support our health, the better we are able to manage a condition or a disease that is a part of our health. And so we strive to be as healthy as we can in the context of our circumstance that we have been given. It's common sense, it seems to me, but I want to spend a moment to say it's also just good theology. As followers of Jesus Christ, no matter what our ability or our disability, our body is the dwelling place of the Spirit. It's tempting to dissociate what we eat or whether we exercise from our commitments to God. But our bodies really are not our own. Our scripture makes a reference to this, and, and Slaughter in his book, A Momentum for Life, uh, speaks about it. He writes, we have been purchased, body, mind, and spirit, with the redemptive work of God through Christ Jesus, Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. Eating healthy foods and making a disciplined commitment to exercise is not optional, he writes, for a committed follower of Jesus. It is one of the essential daily life disciplines of discipleship. Apparently, it's not enough that Debbie and I have an elliptical uh, machine in the garage. <laughs> Apparently, we're supposed to go and get on it <laughs> and uh, use it. You know, I, I never really connected the two real closely, but doesn't it just make sense that if, if our bodies are the temple of the Spirit, that we ought to be attentive to the well-being of our bodies? When we abuse ourselves, well, we're, we're kind of disrupting our connection to God. Christ was not only sacrificial for our eternal well-being, but Christ was sacrificial for our contemporary 
well-being, our ability to be in love, connected to God's spirit and have that make a difference in our lives. God intends for the Holy Spirit to operate through our physical bodies. God intends for our bodies to complete the mission of Jesus in the world. When we talk about our partnership with God in making the new creation, and we assert how we present believers are the hands and the heart of Christ to our time and our place. You've heard me say that before, right? Well, when we're saying all of that, we're, we're elevating the importance of how we maintain how we use our physicality. We're underscoring the sacredness of our bodies. If we, if we abuse our bodies, we are interfering. Can we say it this strongly? We're interfering with God's purposes and God's will? I think maybe we can. We're making it harder for God, who dwells in us, to successfully be manifested through us. I think when we think about it this way, all of a sudden our health well, it becomes very important because it is an important tool for God's mission in the world. So, Health and Longevity. Time Magazine, bless their heart, they published an article on that some years ago that came across my desk. And I want to share with you some insights that uh, I gained from this article of how to live to be 100 is the name of it. And the dominant factor in being able to have longevity in your life is not your genes. It actually is your lifestyle. Now, there's factors that affect longevity, and the first one was attitude. There is a positive link between faith and longevity. Well, at least if you have the kind of faith that's uplifting and positive. If you have the other kind of faith that where you're damning yourself every day because you're such a sinner and you're so rotten of a person and you're, and you're just living with that sense of uh, God's judgment upon your heart, chances are you're not going to live long. Um, if you have the positive kind of uplifting faith, apparently that correlates in studies to longevity. Everybody knows, don't we, that stress has a negative impact on our lives, on our health. It actually causes cells to deteriorate faster. Are you hip to this? So, you know, you want to get stressful. Be cool. <laughs> right? Don't get stressed out. It's not worth dying over, maybe is a way to say it to yourself. Relationships are important to longevity, we learn. Healthy relationships lead to more satisfying lives that lead to longer lives. As a general rule, people who are in love live longer. So, uh, fall in love. Find someone to fall in love with or love the person that you have found. Um, it, will do you, it will do you some good. 
Now, genes are, are responsible to a certain extent of our health circumstance. They set the table. They give a disposition to what might be manifested in our lives. But it does turn out that healthy diets and exercise can help to mitigate the effect of uh, the predisposition that we're given through our basic genes. Mental activity helps our longevity. Learning new things, as Rachel said last week, trying new activities help us to age well. If your knees are still working, learn how to skate, <laughs> ride a bike, do different things. It, it's exciting, um, but it helps you to live longer if you start painting, if you start drawing, if you get into the woodworking shop or get over the stove if that hasn't been what you've done, taking up new things and learning and facing the challenge of it. If you are not doing a Sudoku, Sudoku? Sudoku. I don't read the label on it, I just do it. If, if you're not doing that a day, one or two or five of them a day, you're not helping yourself. Get into it. Keep your mind sharp. And of course, exercise and diet. It can't be overemphasized, the importance of that. Diabetes, heart disease, other diseases can be avoided or at least minimized through a healthy diet and through an exercise regimen. We want to live long and we want to live well. So diet and exercise ought to be a part of how we live our life so we can become the best that we can become. So let's get in gear. What do you say? Let's get in gear. Now, a good starting point or the starting point that you really need to have is a conversion experience. And what I mean is not necessarily the Jesus, although that's always a good thing. You need to have a conversion experience to what I'm telling you is true rather than just saying, well, that was kind of fun. Thanks for the info. I'm not going to do anything about it. You got to walk out of here deciding you're going to do something about it. You need to get converted and apply your willpower to a decision that you're going to do something about your health, eating well, and exercising. Because you can do it one of two ways. You can do it with what I'm suggesting right now, or when you have your heart attack, or when you get your diagnosis with diabetes, you can say, you know what, I think, I think I'll start eating well. It's, it's harder to do that after you've had that happen to you. So just a word of advice. It comes at you one of two ways. I think the first suggestion is, is the better way. Let's preempt as best we can these things that might happen to our bodies as we age and live as healthy as we can by good diet and good health. Um, exercise. So a very important part of this is good nutrition. Lean meats, fruits, vegetables. Did you ever think you would hear a sermon from me where I'm being this practical about stuff and not lost in the clouds? This is kind of remarkable, isn't it? So Debbie and I had a hard time over Christmas because the, the, the doctor in training and the nurse were in residence. 
And they had some opinions <laughs> about Debbie and my lifestyle. And they were not hesitant at sharing their opinions. <laughs> a lot of finger wagging. I'm surprised that they didn't leave with, you know, bandages around their wrists because of how often they were doing that to us. So we got on the South Beach diet uh, some time ago and, and tried to, when we wanted to have breakfast meats, not have bacon and sausage. And we started having Canadian bacon. That's not good for you, apparently. <laughs> it's not good for you, apparently. It's a processed meat. That's the thing. That's the words. Anything that's processed, any processed meat, don't, don't eat it. <laughs> Breakfast is getting very boring. <laughs> at our, but we're getting a little healthier because we're trying, we're trying to eat well. We're trying to do right. Um, we started roasting... Um, vegetables some years ago because we kind of gotten tired of soggy boiled vegetables and and they're really kind of good but do you know that when you uh, roast carrots um, it all of a sudden becomes a sugar party going on in that carrot you can taste it it's almost like candy it's almost like candy after you roast it and it reveals to us that there are some vegetables that are actually better for you than other vegetables did you know that? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so some of you knew that? All right. Well, okay. So here's the challenge to you. You smarty pants that knew that already, I invite you. I'll, I'll make sure that Joanna is all smiles. When you come in, I invite you to write an article for our covenant on healthy eating or you know, a recommended exercise regimen for, for folk like us. Um, if, if you know something about it, because some of us are, are more challenged on that learning curve than others, right? So if, if you do actually know something about it, um, I invite you to submit an article. And if you really, if this really is your knowledge wheelhouse, then um, we will have a workshop. We'll, we'll open up Alton Hall, we'll invite all of us to come, and we'll give you the, the go-ahead to, to teach us what you know that can help us to live long, healthy lives. Okay? So the challenge to the, all of you that just made that sound when I said what I said, <laughs> the challenge is to step forward and show us your stuff, and, and we'll, we'll look forward to benefiting from what you know. Aerobic exercise, did you know you had to do that like three times a week? Yeah? yeah? yeah. Do you do it? No. Yeah. Oh, come on now. Three times a week, 20 to 30 minutes a time, apparently. Um, I'm told that if you just walk, though, if you just go out and walk for a half hour, that's still a great help uh, to your heart if you do that. And it does give you an opportunity to have some thoughts and to, to pray or to just take in nature. Resistance training. All, all you have little weights at home. You, know, you, don't have to, you don't have to be pressing 150 pounds. You can have like a 5-pound little dumbbell or a 10-pound thing and, and do, you know, different stuff. You've got to do this because not only do you then retain some of your muscle strength, keep it going, but you also are 
are creating a resistance to your bones when you're, when you're doing weight, and it helps to um, uh, keep them strong, keep your bones strong. You have to, to be active to stay active. Now, I'll, I'll tell a story on myself. I, I uh, what was it, maybe eight years ago or something, uh, discovered that I had three bulging discs in my back. Discovered it by not knowing it and having them act up so that when I was coming back from a trip, I was actually being pushed in a wheelchair because I could hardly walk any longer. Uh, in anticipation to Debbie freaking out over that, I called her to let her know that an invalid was coming home and, <laughs> and she ought to call the doctor on my behalf and get some drugs for me. And so she did and the doctor was compliant and I got a painkiller and I got something else and I basically laid in bed for two weeks, drugged up. Not good. Not good to do. I really wanted to do that and I did that because I was in such pain. But by laying still, basically, for probably 20 hours of a 24-hour day, for two weeks, I, I like aged myself 10 years. I, I, my muscles started to atrophy. I started to become very weak. Um, you got to somehow find your way to stay active so you can uh, stay active. Your life is a, is a gift. From God. So being a couch potato, being a couch potato is, is a good way to get planted. <laughs> and have the opportunity to thank God for the gift that was your life. Being healthy is, is the best way to thank God for the gift uh, that is your life. So don't take it for granted. Uh, cherish it, please. Nurture it. Make a decision today to go home and to try to live into uh, the good things that you can do to help to support your health. Good diet, good exercise, good attitudes, good strong faith. Live long and prosper. That's God's desire for you. Amen.